Hey, Christian, what's the most important thing about film production? The setup, pre-production, the most yeah. important part. But you know what? A lot of people think that, but you're kind of missing a step. Oh, right. The kickoff calls, because that's how you set up your prep. And I think for us producers, the most important one is the one with your producing partner, either the ad agency producer or your main client contact, because that's where, like you said, set the tone, set expectations, give them deadlines for when you need these answers, because timelines are already way too short for prep. I know we could always use more prep time, right? So what we've done is we put together our top seven questions that you should ask your agency producer or client now on that very first kickoff call. Not only does it help answer questions that you may have, it also allows you to set the tone and, you know, establish yourself as the leader of the project, <laughs> which is also a very important step as well. So we'll put a link in the show notes where you can get on our website and take a listen to our free audio bonus. Another delightful conversation between me and Sister Christian about <laughs> best ways of setting yourself up for success. Yeah, it's a page turner. <laughs> <laughs> Check it out. Hey, Lawrence, I think I need a raise. You do? Why? What do you mean? Well, you know, <laughs> as a freelancer that I've been for 20 plus years, every single raise that I've ever had or promotion that I've ever had, I've given uh -huh. to myself. Really? Yeah. I have. I remember as a office PA, like, was I ready to start coordinating? No. <laughs> no. But did I buy a computer and start? Yes, I did. When exactly. I was a PM, like I had to, I, like, I didn't even have to, I mean, I did. I was like, give me a chance. I'll work for less money, mm -hmm. unfortunately, something. Mm -hmm. And then I, oh, music video, nobody wants to do. Perfect. I'll do that as a production manager. And then when it came to producing, there you go. Same thing. Yeah. yeah. We have to decide that it is time to give ourselves mm -hmm. a promotion and find a way to make that next step in your career. And that's the number one question I think we get asked on this podcast, is it not? Like, how do I go from point A to point B in my career? Yeah. How do I give myself a promotion? I mean, I can just say it, but no, let's yeah. break down um, some good tools on how to do it. And we're going to do that today with a director by the name of Tony Franklin, very talented filmmaker who does a lot of passion projects, documentary projects, and of course, has a long list of commercial credits. Yeah, he's going to tell us how to do it. So stick around for this episode of Producers Happy Hour. Welcome to the Producers Happy Hour with your hosts, Sister Christian and Lawrence Lewis. We're two producers with over 20 years of experience each, chatting over drinks about what it means and what it takes to be a good producer. Join us for insightful interviews and informative show topics that will help you get through your toughest jobs, biggest production challenges, and most difficult clients. So grab a drink. You're going to need it. And let's get to it. Because making shit is hard. Oh, that echo gets me every time. <laughs> I, if I could just have an echo follow me around with that music, I think You'd I'd be, be happy. You're you're already commanding <laughs> enough, but that would that would just like put the button on the on the cake. Is there buttons exactly. on cakes? I don't know. There's cake buttons. How have you been, Christian? What's going on in your world? <laughs> Pretty good. I um I'm hopefully uh, just about to uh, live one of my lifelong dreams of heading to Colombia on a shoot. <gasps> Wow. I has know. That, has so... that actually been a lifelong dream or are you uh, no, just... just figure it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the goal is to get to South America to film yes. because it's yes. the one I haven't filmed there yet. So I feel like, yeah, yeah. I mean, where was it going to be? Who knows? So the fact that it's Colombia, very excited. How about you? How are you doing? 
Good. I am, depending on when this episode airs, either on my way or just returning from Mexico City for a shoot. Oh. Um, and then possibly on a cruise ship for another one. So we'll oh, see. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> There's Definitely a, gross. My- my but I'm I'm <laughs> I'm crossing my fingers. There is a card room on a casino floor somewhere in there, so I can like just play blackjack when mm. I don't have to be working. That will that will be my ideal situation. Mm. Well, I hope for th- your sake too. I hope that happens. So. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So we get asked quite a bit on this show, Lawrence, about yeah. how to move to the next level. I self-promote. I've promoted myself into every position that I've had in this industry. Me as well. So um, we get that question from producers, production teams, of directors, cinematographers, you know, you name it, we get it. It's a very common question, so we thought we'd address it here. Yeah, it's like, how do you go from point A to point B in your career? A lot of people often feel stuck, but you know what? They might be actually in a better place than they think. But, you know, how do you get from point A to point B in your career? And who better to chat about it with than a director, Tony Franklin. Tony, thank you very much for joining us today. Hey. (laughs) Hope you're enjoying happy hour with us. Do you have a drink with you? I was kind of unprepared, but I do have a Modelo. So this is sponsored by Modelo. We'll take it. That seems better prepared than what not being prepared at all. Yeah. I had a couple (laughs) in the the studio fridge, so I I was lucky. (laughs) Lawrence, what are you drinking today? Oh, oh, me. Okay. Well, I've got to take a little time and talk about the 2023 Bacardi's Cocktail Trends Report. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not not joking. It's a thing. (laughs) And what they're saying is a lot of bold flavors are going to be coming into into trend this year. A lot of ferments like kombuchas and kefirs. More martinis. A lot of martini play this year. Remember the 90s? The apple teenies and the lemon drops. (laughs) And... And then also frivolous flavors, right? Fuck so yeah. bold flavor profiles and all that kind of stuff. The daiquiris and margaritas, Bloody Marys. So today I am enjoying a Paloma. It's a little bit of a frivolous flavor, right? Grapefruity. But it's still tequila. And tequila, according to this report, tequila and mezcal have been overtaking whiskey here in the U.S. That that's, I think is true. Yeah. That's totally true. Yeah, I'm that hearing a lot of that. That is true. And also protects you from scurvy. There you go. Point. <laughs> pro tip. Pro tip. So the Paloma, we'll put the recipe in the uh, in the social medias. It's a bill drink, so no shaker needed. Two ounces of tequila, two ounces of grapefruit, two ounces of sparkling water, a little bit of lime juice, a little bit of agave if you want it sweeter than it is. And if you're fancy, some sea salt on the rim. There you it go. Sounds amazing. I love it. It does. It sounds amazing. Sister, what about you? What you got? An espresso martini. (laughs) (laughs) Not in a martini glass, and it looks like a double to me. So espresso, vodka, Kahlua, party. (laughs) Party. And I figured since this was a morning show, that, you know, like, why not start the day off with an espresso? So here we are. (laughs) Well, it may be, they may be listening to in the morning, but they have no idea when we're recording it. We'll keep that as a little secret to ourselves. Exactly. We're going to dive in. But first, if you don't want to miss an episode, if you want to be one of the first to listen to it, so you can join us for for some of our Instagram or TikTok lives after the the first day it comes out, and you want to stay on top of some current industry news and get all the links and resources that we chat about on the show, plus get our delicious cocktail recipes in print, then join our listeners newsletter. Not another email, Lawrence. If I get any more spam, I I get 400 emails a day. Do you think I have time to spam anybody? (laughs) No. (laughs) Barely have time to drink my cocktail. No, you'll just get, it's just a couple emails from us a month. It's full of great info. So sign up at producershappyhour.com or click the link in our show notes. Easy peasy. 
All right. Tony Franklin is a Los Angeles-based, multi-award-winning director who has worked with brands such as BMW, IBM, Wired, Purina, Pizza Hut, Gatorade. The list goes on and on and on. Tony's deeply human style of storytelling combined with his past agency experience has helped national brands win multiple awards. Whether it's commercial or branded content, Tony distills real moments and elevates them to something beautiful and honest. Welcome, Tony. Oh, hey. thanks for having me. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thanks for coming. We appreciate yeah. you uh, braving the rain. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Today is probably the thickest rain I've ever seen since I moved here about four years ago. But I oh. come from the Midwest. I, I don't mind it. I embrace it, put the cozy clothes on and just chill. There's something going on with the climate. It seems to for be sure. changing a little bit. A lot more atmospheric rivers than I've ever heard of in my <laughs> lifetime. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even since I moved here, it's like gotten rainier every year, which I guess is a it, good thing, right? It, you know, it is a so. good thing. The yeah. problem is the city does not have a way of reclaiming that water. It's built to shoot all of that water out into the Pacific Ocean. Yeah. So there's going to have to be some serious uh, right. infrastructure. And to work yeah. in a city that um, everybody always says, um, oh, just go to L.A. It's all, it's always sunny or yeah. you'll always have good weather. Yeah, yeah, you don't right. have to worry about it because, oh, filming kids in, outside in December, go to L.A. It just seems like yeah. that has been for the 20 plus years of my <laughs> career. That was always why you came to L.A. was for no rain or no well, weather. Coming from the Midwest, I mean, I came from the sun, obviously, you know, yes. the, the M- Minneapolis is winters are great if you embrace it but it's not as sunny okay so right. you know it's beautiful to come here and just totally. you know embrace when it's sunny love it's the sun. beautiful exactly yeah and it was sunny this weekend so you know my daily hikes not today i don't hike in the rain but <laughs> no even no. when it's cloudy i still hike you know so tony why don't you start by giving us a little bit of insight to your career as a director like set the stage for us so we can know how networking as a freelancer, is a part of your career plan. I'd like to step back even a little bit further, if you don't mind, just sure. to show you. I went to school in San Francisco for photography, graduated with a graphic design degree in Minnesota. Then Target, I was an in-house creative at Target for 10 years and um, just really, you know, loved it. It was a great job. Loved the people, loved the, you know, the constant change of what are we going to do next and stuff. But I got a little bored, so I started making documentaries on the side of my day job and pitching my documentaries to post-production houses to do the post, obviously. And they could use it as their own footage and talk about it on their newsletters and stuff like that. And then I ended up placing at the One Screen Show in New York two years in a row as top 10 documentary, short documentaries of the year. And so it was all like these big production companies from LA. And then it just said, Tony Franklin, Minneapolis, Minnesota, (laughs) you know? And so the second year, there were all these 10 companies you know, they changed obviously over the two years, but we're like, who is this Tony Franklin guy? You know, so they actually mm-hmm. took me out to dinners. And, you know, of course, I had these dirty documentaries and no port, you know, no reel to join like MJZ or whatever. Right. But mm-hmm. they were still interested in talking to me. So, which still today, I, I continue to make these passion projects, you know, and that's what really grows my personal freelance career. But, so then, you know, after about three years of, you know, the Atlantic.com picked me up as best short doc of the year and being shortlisted at the, the One Screen Show and all these different little weird avenue awards that I, I mm-hmm. was part of while I still had my day job. Um, <laughs> then I started renting out theaters in Minneapolis and mm-hmm. hosting my own film festivals. That's yeah. cool as fuck. <laughs> yeah. So I did it twice. I did it tw- only two times, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I would make like three documentaries and then I would rent out a theater and I would run these three documentaries twice in two shows. Right. And so I made them all about like Minneapolis is very bicycle heavy. You know, it's like one of the best bicycle towns in the States. So I made a lot of documentaries about like people who make bikes or bike races Mm -hmm. and things like that. Cause the advertising agencies, all everyone bikes, you know? So I knew that's how I would get people Mm -hmm. to come to the shows. I would learn, I would get to know people on the advertising agency. Mm -hmm. So I did the theater thing for a little bit and everything. And then, you know, I just decided, you know, after 10 years at Target, time to give it a go and see what happens. I was so naive because at Target, I was very much into just print and like rebranding their photography every year. Mm -hmm. I had nothing to do with TV. So that was kind of my foray into where I am now. So I have been directing now for 10 years. Six of those years, I lived in Minneapolis, didn't know anybody, but just freelance my butt, you know, and been here about three and a half, four years. That's kind of where it all started. And then um, I would just take trips out to LA and New York, make like three meetings a day with even if it was a receptionist at production company or whatever, I just try to get in anywhere. Right. That would lead us to our next question. Like, so you're an independent director, you're not run yeah. by a, a large production company who's pushing you and, oh, you got boards? Tony be great yeah. for this, right? Right. Sales um, agents. So how do you get your, exactly, like, yeah. how do you get yourself in front of agencies and brands? Well, I think it's all because of my passion projects that I do. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I have a pretty decent following on my newsletter that I don't, you know, put out too often, maybe four times a year newsletter that's uh that, that, let's that's not forget a, that we we'll come we'll, just so you know we, <laughs> we'll yeah. come back to that <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know yeah. a lot of directors that have their own newsletter i want to come exactly. back to that but carry on carry I'm, on yeah no i mean there's a company right now that's that i'm consulting with about growing mm-hmm. their business based off of them following my newsletter and my passion to just market right. myself i mean basically my my second year i landed bmw's national holiday spot for their first electric I car mean. commercials Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, that's kind of where it all took off, you know, so it all in all, it's word of mouth, you know, like I work, yes, you know, I did like two years of Prina commercials, Prina dog show, you know, so it's a lot of repeat business. It's a lot of word of mouth. Like I got Etsy's first ever commercials, which we did like 30 of them over oh, a course Jesus. of, yeah. I mean, it, some of them are like six seconds, 15s and thirties, right? Of course, so, but still, know, but you know, my target experience, like being a person who rebrands their photography and creative at Target helps me win a lot of those product driven, which is most commercials besides mm-hmm. pharmaceutical, right? So that really helps me check off a box, you know? So basically a producer that I, I did a bunch of Prudential commercials, she recommended me to this agency that does Etsy. And so they love that I worked at Target. And, you know, so a lot of that kind of works together. And I think a lot of it is just as a freelancer building your story, you know, uh, when you're on the phone with the creatives and the clients and things like that. Building your story. That's interesting. I mean, a lot of marketing is based Mm -hmm. on storytelling. And that's what we do as commercial filmmakers and content makers is storytelling, even though it's brand is involved. So us as freelancers kind of need to have our own story in a way. Is that is that what you believe? Yeah. I mean, your, your background, your passion, not having an ego because you come from agency side. It all comes down to really just doing the work, being kind, being enthusiastic yes, and getting repeat clients. But also networking is like the biggest thing. Like I set up at least three meetings a day or a week, sorry, with production companies because 
freelancing is great and I've been doing it for 10 years, mm-hmm. but I'm at the point where I'm competing at such a high level that I'm honestly starting to move onto the roster side. So that's, you know, the transition of the directors. Sometimes they do it right away, which is great. And sometimes they do it later, which is great. And sometimes freelancing is the best. Sometimes on a roster is the best. There's no magic to it. There's no answer, but whatever's best for you, the individual at their time, their career. Yeah. That's one of the questions we get asked a lot. How do I get on a roster as a director? It is, it's a little bit of magic time. You know, the, it, people say luck, right? And luck is what the intersection of opportunity and preparedness experience, <laughs> right? Having, right. having all your skill sets right. there at, at your fingertips, yeah. working with them every day, doing your passion projects. And the minute that phone rings or the email comes, you're ready and you're prepared. I want to kind of back up because you said BMW was kind of one of your first things that you landed, you know, early on. And you yeah. said via word of mouth, but how do the people even hear about you in the first place? Is it because you're winning awards at film festivals and you're doing documentary stuff? Because agencies are looking for when they don't have the money to go to Smuggler, they are looking for some an independent person to kind of come in under their umbrella rather than a full production company, right? Is that what happened to you? Yeah, yeah. So uh, that particular project, I wish I knew who gave my name to this production company. I still have never found out, but I am grateful and thankful. But what happened was because of the one screen show in New York, those two years, the production company was in New York, right? And they were reaching out saying, who's some new directors that we can talk to? Right. And so basically somehow my name got presented to this production company. And what happened was I wrote this voiceover in my treatment and they just really resonated with, I'm like, I work with kids all the time at Target for 10 years of in photo mm-hmm. shoots. And these spots are all about kids in this car. You know, the it's rocket ship is all about the, the I-8 of the, at that time, which is kind of like a rock, rocket ship car. And the I-3 is all about recycling. So it was about this girl mm-hmm. who loves to recycle. In my treatment, and I, and by the way, I go back and look at this treatment and I laugh because it's so bad. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but the idea was, was in there. And I said, I will coach these kids in the spots after the shoot on location to do the voiceover. And this is the voiceover. So I wrote the voiceover and that's what won those spots. Amazing. Side question about treatments, right? Because I, I've yeah. got two theories on treatments. One, they need to be, so you have to explain exactly everything you're going to yeah. do, the idea to, or the second school of thought, depending on the production company, because I just fucking <laughs> went through this. They want to be vague so they can change it up on you once it's awarded. I prefer a very specific treatment. So if you're writing a voiceover in it or you're explaining how the edit would go or you're giving references and examples, I think it brings a client, especially somebody who may or may not have a lot of filming experience along on the ride. So you're giving them an experience before they even hire you. I like to make my treatments the best they possibly can within the time limits that I'm given, you know, and being a freelancer, I don't have the opportunity to have someone write it for me or design right. it for me. But I will give you a pro tip here that you guys probably already know. There's this <laughs> thing called Good Treatments. I don't know if you've ever been to that website. I have. I but, have heard of this, um, yes. You can download treatments templates? there. Templates, yeah, basically, yeah. Hmm. But they come with the fonts and photos that you're obviously going to change, you know, and the copy that you're obviously going to change. For like 30 bucks, the prices change based on whatever. But then you have this treatment forever that you can just constantly. And being a designer... That's what I graduated is graphic design. So, mm-hmm. you know, like I love doing the treatments, you know, but I'm not the best writer. But over the 10 right. years, I've, I've grown as a writer. Yeah, I, I think the treatments are great. You know, as a freelancer, it's all what you put into it. You know, you don't have help. 
I agree. And I think that um, there's a lot of directors out there who prefer to do their own treatments. And then I definitely yeah. see them where it has been done by somebody on staff and then they just polish it off with a few words, too, yeah. depending on the director. I personally can tell when that happens because I've been doing it for long enough to understand <laughs> who is mm-hmm. written what. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can tell that there's love and care put into something if you've done it Absolutely. yourself. There's been like, some instances, obviously, where they're like, we're just going to hire a writer. You lay it out based off yeah. the creative call and my notes on the call, things like that. So, you know, over 10 years, I've had some help writing treatments, but I, I like to do them myself. That makes sense. It's a smart way of doing it. Or you can, you know, sometimes you'll hire someone to write it, it comes in and it needs to be rewritten, but at least it's a framework and a starting point that yeah. you can then kind of tweak and, and make your own. Yeah. And if that happens, I, I suggest or recommend you sending as a director, sending some of your previous treatments that you've written. They so get your style. Get a tone. Yeah. That's, that's really smart. Christian, why are locations always such a hassle in our jobs? I know. And I get all kinds of jobs. Like, here's one for you. Celebrity interview. Celebrity lives somewhere like Memphis, Tennessee Mm -hmm. or Minneapolis. So I have to find a location near their house that is for a simple interview, but it still needs to be like a loft type setting. And it needs to be on the first floor versus like Uh, on the third floor walk up. Right, right. And and the surprise, the budget does not have a proper location scout in the budget. Yeah. What do you do? I mean, I've used marketplace stuff. I've certainly used Airbnb for this, but Uh, that can be a time suck and dealing directly with homeowners is like, no thanks. It's a nightmare. And like you said, sometimes I get on a job so early, I've got to do some pre-research before I can bring a scout on Mm -hmm. or there aren't enough scouting days in the budget. Guess what? That's your job. (laughs) Exactly. And I've used those marketplaces too, but there's like a million steps between us seeing a listing that we think could work, the director loving it, but us actually seeing it in person and booking it and securing it and doing all that, it, it can just be a nightmare. Well, drumroll, please. Yes. That is where our friends at Ave come in. <gasps> yes. Ave are the first nationwide location scouting company. Ave has a huge private network and you can save a ton of time and money getting you the perfect location wherever you need it. Simply fill out a quick form. You'll be paired with an amazing location producer and you'll receive a curated report with the best location options for your project. From there, they'll handle everything from walkthroughs to negotiating your location agreements and even permitting if needed. And they'll work seamlessly with you, your location manager or your production team, whatever you need. There are Uh no upfront costs and they only get paid if you book the location you need, which is magical. Which is amazing. I cannot believe that part. So please (laughs) save time, money and your sanity by adding Ave to your producer toolbox. Visit Ave at A-V-V-A-Y dot com. You're not going to regret it, I promise. And tell them we sent you. I want to go back to the newsletter. In order to have a newsletter that gets read, you need people's email addresses. How are you getting people's email addresses? You know, I'm trying to break it down for other directors or DPs out there listening to the show that are looking to kind of, you know, do what you have done for yourself. And it's word of mouth, passion projects, focusing on what you know, right? Because you, you kind of knew kids and product. 
So you really kind of honed in on those things and, and use them to your advantage. How do you go about building a, a little bit of an email list? What do you do with your newsletter? What do you say in there? I know a lot of people have no idea how to even email somebody asking them for a job. So how do you go about putting together an entire newsletter and grabbing people's email addresses to send them to. received a few of those emails. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a a technical side, there's a creative side. So the technical side we'll start with is if you jump on MailChimp and you send it to all your, you know, contacts that you might have through your email, it's going to go to spam or what they call like promotions. Yes. The promotions Mm -hmm. tab. In Mm -hmm. Gmail. Yeah. So you have to learn, there's like a technical side that you need to learn of how to set up your email how to list. breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I recommend, and I'm not a paid sponsor or anything, but I recommend Flowdesk. It's F-L-O Desk because okay. they're not as mm-hmm. big of a company. So they don't, you know, get flagged like MailChimp because Google has their own mail, you know, newsletter now. So they're flagging MailChimp whenever they can, you right. know. I'm not, right. I'm not trying to diss any company or add any company. But anyways, I just want to save everybody the time. Okay. You know, you know, so um, Mm -hmm. yeah, or, or anybody, you know, I'm just saying like, find a company that can help you with all of your technical side, pre sending your, your newsletter out. Okay. I try to send out a newsletter with like one great paid job and one passion project. Mm -hmm. right? Right. So mm-hmm. I have like three passion projects in post right now and a couple that I've written treatments for that I hope to do soon. But I think just, you know, people love to see those passion projects. I think it's so important mm-hmm. to do that. Hmm. But, you know, you send out your newsletter and then boom, I wait a week or whatever and I check the analytics of it, the analytics of who's seen it, how many times they've seen it, you right. know, and I create an Excel doc of who's seen this newsletter 10 to 60 times. If it's 60 times, they obviously sent it to their agency, but you can't see in their agency who has opened it. You can just see oh, like interesting. Joe Schmo right. sent it to whatever, wow. looked at it 60 times. So let's just make up a number here. I'm, let's say you send it out 3,000 people, Oof, right? Yeah. Then you, a week later, look at it and 3,500 people have looked at it, right? right? So then you go through the analytics of that, create a, you know, a separate document, and then wait a week and just like personally email them and just be like, hey, I don't know if you've seen this. Pretend like you don't right. know or whatever. So it's, you know, as a freelancer, you're just like your sales, you're your own sales, you're your own rep. Exactly. That leads us right into the um, the difference between network and marketing. Wait, how do you feel about the idea of building a personal brand? I think it's great. I think I'm at the point, you know, and I'm only speaking about freelance directing on my own experiences. Because when you live in Minneapolis and you're a new director and you don't know anybody, nobody knows you, mm-hmm. all you have is your marketing abilities, right? Mm-hmm. Building an email list through, hey, I know I'm not ready to sign. You're not ready to sign me, but I just want to get to know you, build right. a relationship. Mm-hmm. I think if you take that burden off production companies, like EPs and stuff, like, hey, don't worry, I'm not trying to get signed on your roster. You're not going to let me down. Uh-huh. You know, like take that burden off. Then you also become a partner, an ally, and like they start to follow you. And, you know, I think it's a little easier on them and easier on you. So you're combining networking and marketing lightly, yeah. basically. You're basically saying like you can yeah. totally, totally network, but with some soft, a little bit of soft marketing. Involved. Yeah, if you can make it a two-way street right. when you, you know, mm-hmm. I mentor some directors just based off other podcasts I've been on and kind of give my... Mm-hmm all my secrets mm-hmm. away, you know, like 
I always say like, Hey, and if you got a director that's new, that's hitting you up, send them my way. I'll talk to them for hours. You know, like I usually do every Friday afternoon talking to directors and just kind of, sh- what, how can I help you? What are you, what are you doing? I mean, I just set up goals, you know, and like, let's meet three people today mm-hmm. and like try to connect with them. And, and then I also just developed like every agency I come in contact with through Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. LinkedIn sure. is a big I one. Just, mm-hmm. LinkedIn is huge and people don't understand that. Yeah. I mean, they do, but like a lot of people I talk to, they're like LinkedIn. I'm like, yeah, it's not like it used to be. It's like really good, mm-hmm. you know, like, and you'll see people on there all the time and you're like, recognize them. So, and they're people I look up to. So obviously it's working for them. It works for us, you know. I think the credibility of LinkedIn has gone up quite a bit. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm super passionate about like all that is a 10-year career at Target and just going for what you want to do in life, you know. Absolutely. That is constantly a a drive in my daily outlook of what I do, you know. Um, You know, one of the things that I think I learned this from is when I was at Target, I was interior at Target, right? So I right. had every... Your client side is what we like to call it. Yeah, but what I did mm-hmm. was, I mean, I was just a junior art director at one point and I just went in and I I invited like the top 50 people to coffee at Target just to see if they would show up. Oh. Yeah. My that's boss awesome. was yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, my boss is like, that's crazy, but go for it. Because we had this big building and then like third floor had a coffee shop, right? So we're all in this building. All they got to do is take an elevator. Right. What was awesome was, you know, half of them showed up and they're like, nobody does this. This is genius. And I just want to get to know somebody that has thought about this idea Mm -hmm. to like just invite the top people and get to know them and build this relationship. So then after that, you know, I was like, all right, I'm going to start making documentaries and films and all Mm -hmm. music videos and Mm -hmm. stuff. And then, you know, that's where everything continued to grow. Right. Because I can say that after working at Netflix for a while, like half the people I worked with there are on on to other places. So keeping in contact with those people, like you've got multiple other clients to reach out to now because, you know, you made friends with the people who were there. Yeah, I guess uh, to be more specific, I was making these short films. So I would send them, I would Mm -hmm. send them my short films and a, a calendar invite. And then when they would come down and meet me, at the coffee shop, I was like, this is my idea. I'm thinking about quitting and starting to direct. Do you think I should right. do it? And they're like, yes, you should. Amazing. Advice. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I also did that with five agency owners in Minneapolis where I went to their office, said, this is my idea. I'm thinking about quitting my job to do this. And they all said, yes, you should do it. And were these people you already knew or did you reach out to them cold? No. Cold calls. And they took your meeting. Maybe they knew, you know, there's this thing called the egotist or whatever. Have you guys heard of that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Minneapolis oh, yeah, egotist yeah, yeah. would like help me promote my film shows, you know? Right. And so they might have seen it through that. Interesting. So, yeah, like I'm trying to kind of distill all this down for all the people out there listening that that are, are, are trying to make moves in their career. And it sounds like yeah, being true to your passions and putting, wearing those on your sleeve, because those are the things, the passion projects are the things people connect with the most, right? That authenticity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also, you know, like sharing that you did BMW's first ever electric car commercials and things like that, you know, Gatorade commercials and did a documentary for IBM about autism in the workplace, you Mm -hmm. know, that really resonates with 
people that are on the spectrum because I have family on the spectrum and, you know, just authenticity, I think, like you said, was really, really key, but also just making it worth their while to look at your newsletter, you know, or talk to you. Providing something. Yeah. Just met with a certain production company last week and, you know, they probably wouldn't have met with me if they didn't see that I actually really am passionate about doing projects for free that I want to help people with. I've done documentaries about drag queen performers that their parents have never seen them in drag before. Oh, you know, I've done documentaries with the Hells Angels. I've done documentaries about a 65-year-old demolition derby driver, <laughs> you know, like show them that you're not trying to like boast about them, but rather help them and share their story. If you can just kind of show some of that, I think it really goes a long way. Yeah. The humanity, the humanity. behind it. Because you bring out to set. Right. No, that makes sense. You do. I, I think I read somewhere that like the right kind of marketing or networking approach, especially on social media, is to spend 80% of your time just being authentic, being human, being yourself. Yeah. And only 20% of it should be when you're saying, hey, I'm also a producer and available for your next production or... I'm a DP available for your next production. Like the most majority of your time should just be exposing yourself. And I've really loved listening to your podcast. I've learned so much great insight and, you know, things that I've really loved to learn about producing, you know, and where you come from. It helps me work with producers better as a matter of fact. Well, thank you. That, that's kind of what we're trying to do is make sure that um, producers understand how to produce better. And you're never going to know that from another producer. You're actually going to get it from the people that you produce with. Exactly. Or right. for. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we touched on a lot of takeaways just now, but how can other freelancers in production, production workers, or any of the crew members, you know, I don't know if a gaffer with a newsletter is, if that's going to work for them, but. Oh yeah, it will. It will. Yeah. I follow writers, you know, like that don't even work in film. They're just like building their subscription of people through Substack or whatever. Mm. Um, but I follow two writers that I, every, you know, every Monday I get an email from them. And one of the things like offers or whatever you're, yeah. you know, everybody else in, below the line is like they can share things where like they find uh. things that help you, you know? So like these writers always like, send you know what they're up to of course they're building their audience and who they are they also at the bottom of it share like oh and this is what i found this week this might help you sharing things i think is super helpful if a gaffer ever had a newsletter i would follow it just because i would love to learn more about gaffing you know totally there is actually a gaffer i just found on uh instagram who's doing these uh, short bits about lighting and and, and equipment and i started following him too because i'm like hey this is really Great info. And also it's important to have it on your your personal website as if you go to my website, right? Mm-hmm. There's a little link at the top that says follow my newsletter. You know, I promise yeah, it's fun. It's of course. you know, or whatever, just trying to keep it fun. I, I I think what you've been saying is really important because a lot of people, you know, they they set up their website and they sit and wait for jobs to kind of roll in and that approach doesn't work and yeah not anymore you sound Mm -hmm. so organized Mm -hmm. and you're talking about looking at metrics on your email list and and you've got these tools that you use and you're you you donate don't you attribute time in your week to you know reaching out to a certain number of people you set up goals so you're really looking at it like that part of it is a part of the job itself. Yeah, and I also think that you're doing all of that while using 
your heart and your mind. Mm-hmm. Like you're thinking about how it's going to be received as well as how what, what the value intent, it brings. Yeah, and the intent yeah. that you're sending it. So yeah, I think yeah. that that advice I think is huge. If you go to uh, my website, there's a uh, my latest like passion project on mm-hmm. my docu side. It's called LA Unity. Okay. And we shot around film. And um, oh. we shot on like four different cameras, but one of them was filmed. I wanted to bring awareness to hate crimes and mm-hmm. like how they they grew last year to the most extreme yeah. measure ever. Of ever. Mm-hmm. So yeah. basically I just was like, I need to do something about this. So like every all my passion projects are like using my craft to give back. So if you if you look at the LA Unity, it's basically me just and this small team of like four of us going around mm-hmm. LA filming people that have hope. Because it's like my big oh. word of twenty three is hope. You know, mm. is that bad? Yeah. Like I feel like sometimes if we could just insert some hope and positivity and yeah. some of the shit we do, it, it changes the entire mood of a set. Yeah. Yeah. So that was it's my big. big thing is like race awareness about hate crimes mm-hmm. and build hope. I recommend looking at LA Unity. Like it's just like this short little film with Maya Angelou quotes and and, and readings. It's beautiful and it's just about hope and like bringing awareness to hate crimes, you know? So it's it's not necessarily always that I do these things to promote my work. It's like, what can I do with my craft to mm-hmm. give back? Mm-hmm. You know, yes. in college, mm-hmm. uh, I was an, a volunteer art teacher every Wednesday at this, uh, oh. I'm not really just at this church, yeah, you know, no. where it was the worst part of Minneapolis, Northern Minneapolis, which is a great place, but like it was a bad area at that time. And, you know, I was, of course, the volunteer art teacher because I was going to school for art. But all we did is play basketball. We didn't do art. We just had fun playing basketball, you know? So, like, mm-hmm. we found hope in what we could do because their nightlife wasn't necessarily the best, you know? So, I think yeah. that's where I learned right. to work with kids and just, you know, but I do work with kids all the way to seniors, you know? Like, I of course. work with real people. I work if with If you actors. can work with kids, you can work with anybody. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, do yeah. a ton of work with Nickelodeon. I fucking know that. Just to break it down, if a freelance director is trying to grow, make passion projects, build your community, build your email list, mm-hmm. be present, you know, be mm-hmm. present with everybody as you can. Always try to make it a two-way street, you know. I mean, even on some of the shoots that I've done on stages lately, we're done at like two in the afternoon. And I'm like, what fell on the landing floor? What can we make still? You know? Right. Yeah. We have the stage, we're set. I mean, we could just do stills, we could do is there mm-hmm. spots that you didn't get passed through because of time? Yeah, I mean, I even go to the stage before the shoot if they're not from in town. And I do a walkthrough video of the whole situation so they get a view of what it's going to feel like when they get there, you know? Oh, no. Now you're trying to get into our hearts. So, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, uh, it helps. It helps. Yeah, you, it you're like so giving much, a full like, experience yeah. to the, the giving room them and, a full yeah, experience. Exactly. Here's the room in the background if you need to go do a Zoom call. Here's the room right. where we could do cake. Amazing. You know, that's like amazing. you got to make the full experience for everybody. And mm-hmm. I think that's why I thoughtful. get repeat business is because no ego. I come from agency and I know what they're looking for. It's not about just doing a good job. It's about the whole package yeah. that comes that you bring yeah. to the table. Yeah. And I love what you said about, you know, disarming conversations right away of saying, look, I'm not looking for in- from anything from you. I just want to get to know you, I call you a friend or have a chat. Yeah. I'm not looking to get on your roster. I just want to get on your radar. Um, yeah, relationships. You know, all those relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, Tony, thank you so much for spending some time today with us, sharing a, a drink and 
talking about how do you make a career for yourself? Thank you. I could go on for hours. Uh, <laughs> anytime. And and again, if anyone hears this and they just want to reach out on my Instagram or whatever, and I'm always open to like chat. And yeah. What's them. the best way for people to A, find you, B, see your work and these amazing documentaries and get in touch with you? Is it your website? Is it Instagram? What's the best way? I mean, both. So uh, Tony Franklin director.com is my website. Mm-hmm. And then I've got the Tony underscore underscore Franklin at Instagram. Mm-hmm. And then probably through your contacts, yeah. uh, your, your posting. Yeah. And Lawrence, how can uh, people get a hold of you? They can get me on my website, lawrencetlewis.com. I'm also on LinkedIn and Twitter, but you'll have all my info there on my website. How about you, sister? Sisterchristianproducers.com. All right. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, everyone. Producers Happy Hour is brought to you with the help of the handsome Christopher Daniels, who is a design and branding specialist, and Brendan Russell at podlad.com, who is our fabulous editor. If you enjoy this podcast and want to dive deeper, subscribe to our listeners' newsletter. Simply go to producershappyhour.com to sign up. Thanks for listening, and remember, enjoy happy hour while you can. Because making shit is hard. Hard, hard.